0: This is episode 190 of IDRA Class Notes. I think one of the main mistakes we make is having a preconceived notion of what success is for everyone, and that's not always the same thing. In order to know what an inequitable situation is, you must first determine what success looks like for the individual and to not have them confined by certain parameters because we want some students to make success within the parameters, but then there are other students who can be so out of the box and still be yet successful in their own right. So, the first step is just getting them to think and have conversation pieces about what this yes. success truly look like for the individual students.
1: Welcome to this edition of IDRA's Class Notes Podcast. As you know, IDRA operates one of four equity assistance centers in the United States. As an equity assistance center, IDRA-EX South is charged to support public educational agencies with the equitable treatment of students and the protections of their civil rights, particularly in relation to their race, sex, religion, and national origin. As part of the technical assistance that we provide, we offer information, resources, and other technical assistance services to school district leadership, campus administrators, and classroom teachers in rural and urban settings to support all students to ensure equity and social justice through quality education. You know, when I reminisce about the times that I've gone through the county visiting schools, one of the things that stands out is that most schools express their vision, a phrase that says, all children will learn. Indeed, as educators, it is a basic premise from which we should always operate, the belief that all children will learn and be ready to succeed in college and career pathways. And yet, the reality is that the journey to make this vision come to fruition is filled with more obstacles for some schools than for others. It's definitely not a level playing field. We see inequities impact children as a direct result of poverty which impacts basic needs such as food, shelter, and health care. But we also have inequities within the schools that are systemic and can be directly addressed by school leadership and classroom teachers. For example, Major racial disparities in student discipline rates have been documented for decades. Most recently, the 2013-14 Civil Rights Data Collection documented that black students who make up 16% of enrollment accounted for 40% of suspensions nationally. More recent data continues to show similar persisting trends for children of color. That's just not fair. It's just not right. Research also shows that many children living in poverty, many of them children of color, are taught by mostly inexperienced teachers, many of them teaching subjects for which they are not certified to teach. Within this group of children facing inequalities, we also have students who are learning English as second language, who do not receive culturally responsive instruction, and are denied access to a quality curriculum using best practices that enhance second language acquisition. Equity and action will be the focus of our conversation. We have two very special guests who join us to share their perspectives on equity and social justice through education. Joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, representing the Southern Education Foundation is Kenita Williams, who is the Director of Leadership Development. She joins us today to tell us about the great work of the Racial Equity Leadership Network. Hi, Kenita
2: Hi, Jose. Thank you for the introduction, and thank you for having us. IDRA is a great partner in this work to advance education equity, and just feel real honored to be on to share our work around the Racial Equity Leadership Network, so thank you again.
1: We appreciate you. We're also very happy to have Cloyd Garth, who is superintendent of Hazel Hurst City School District in Mississippi. He's going to shed some light on the subject from the lens of a superintendent. Hi, Mr. Garth. How are you doing this morning?
0: Thank you for having me on as well this morning. Uh, This is a great opportunity to have a great dialogue about some of the equity issues, so I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Thank you very much. So, Ms. Williams, would you please uh, tell us a, a little bit about the Racial Equity Leadership Network and how it impacts equity in education?
2: Absolutely, thank you. And I want to just take a moment to thank Mr. Garf for joining us. You know, he's one of our and Fellows, and I asked him from what I know of his vision and what he has in mind for his students. I just thought he would be a wonderful addition to this conversation, so I just wanted to take a, a minute to thank him for accepting our invitation to join me today. So, Jose, what you said, you, you basically framed it really well in terms of what we're seeing in this country around equity. I think basically the fundamental architecture of the American education system fails to yield equitable access to the quality education that that black and brown students deserve. And quite frankly, SCF believes in the power of education leaders to change this. As such, we invest in cultivating and strengthening their knowledge of, commitment to, and skills for advancing equitable school practices. So the Racial Equity Leadership Network, or RELN, as we call it, is a newer initiative in SES Leadership Development Portfolio. And RELN, in a nutshell, is an 18-month cohort-style fellowship for executive leaders in southern school districts, so C-level leaders, superintendents, chiefs of staff, but with superintendents being our target audience, that are committed to advancing equity-centered solutions to remedy some of the enduring racial disparities that we see in student access and outcomes. Launched in 2017, RELIN was designed really to build the will, skill, and capacity of these leaders to One, lead with an explicit racial equity lens and to authentically center race in discussions around access and opportunity, ultimately thereby realizing what we feel is a compelling vision for education equity for every student. So each cohort of RELIN has up to 12 leaders, and over the course of their 18 months, they come together for five in-person, two-day convenings where we focus on what we believe are essential levers for equity-centered leadership and systems transformation. And in the fellowship, they're also asked to create in-district teams where colleagues come together that are committed to addressing racial disparities and have the capacity to support the work. Each fellow Selects or picks an equity challenge to work on, and um, receive a number of different a menu of technical assistance and coaching to just really help further their capacity to do this work. So. SCF really sees RELIN as a unique opportunity to incite a bold and significant shift in education, leadership, and practice, and we think this shift will be what we need to really disrupt the mechanisms that allow race and class to continue to be the most reliable predictors of student success.
1: Well, that certainly sounds like a great opportunity to impact very positive transformation in our schools throughout the South, to really build the leadership capacity among our district leadership, our campus uh, administrators as well. Mr. Garth, since you are a member of the Racial Equity Leadership Network, can you tell us briefly a little bit about Hazelhurst City School District?
0: Sure. Hazelhurst City School District is a rural district in Mississippi, located in Hazelhurst, Mississippi. We have roughly about 1,700 students within our school district, and it is a place that is really at a crossroads in what we want to do. There's a lot of inequitable things within the community, but there's also a great potential for change, and that's something that I'm very excited about because I know there are all the instruments and all the resources there to do so if we put them in the right places and have the right mindset and mind frame to continue to try to push where we're trying to go.
1: So as you take this leadership role as superintendent, what is your personal vision for equity within the community that you serve? For myself personally, I want to be a part of creating
0: leaders and helping develop leaders who can initiate change through self-determination, inclusiveness, and critical thinking. That really gives the school district an opportunity to be a 21st century learning environment. And we have to be that so that children can feel safe in an area that they can expose themselves, they can be vulnerable, they can make mistakes, but often they can grow to be the people and the citizens that we need them to be. I think one of the most important parts about the mission of the school district is that if we can ultimately change the student, we can change the community because they are the future lifeblood of
1: the community. Most definitely. So, as you reflect on the leadership network that Kanita was uh, just talking about, why do you feel a program like Racial Equity Leadership Network will help you advance your vision? for racial equity in your district? Well, I can't say enough good things about
0: Kenita and the program that she leads. Uh, They have opened my eyes to seeing things through a very different societal lens. It's something that I've been passionate about, and it, it was really encouraging to see someone and a group of people who have put a formula together, who have actually had action steps in how we can attack these issues. A lot of times people have a desire to be a catalyst for change, but they don't truly know where to start. With the RELIN program, uh, Ms. Kanita has done an excellent job of putting us in a position that we can take some things back home, no matter if your district is 1,500 students or if your district is 20,000 students. We can do some things that can ultimately help serve our underprivileged students better.
1: Most definitely. So, Kanita, uh, Mr. Garz just mentioned a formula for making this a possibility to really enhance the capacity for leaders to impact their schools in a positive way. Uh, what would you perhaps identify as some of those key elements in this formula?
2: Well, that's a great question. So, we see leadership or leadership development really It's kind of a double helix in a lot of ways. Like, So there is a thread where there needs to be systems change, so you need to have a vision for where do you want to see change overall in the system so that student success is not predetermined by student race and that all students can demonstrate developmentally appropriate mastery of skills so they can basically go in and lead the opportunity-rich lives that they need. So there's the systems change. And along the way, you need to be developing your individual leadership so that you can use your positional power and role authority to be able to affect the change that you want to see. And so in that systems change, we have identified what we feel are some important levers that are pretty much high-leverage areas where we think, if leaders hone in on some point of one of these levers, they'll be able to see some incremental change and ultimately lead to like a comprehensive transformation. So, for instance, we think every district should have a clear, ambitious vision for district-wide racial equity, which is one reason why we focused on the superintendent because you know that leader is going to drive that vision. Another thing is making sure that all students have access to deeper learning opportunities, that they have rigorous curricula and that practices are reflective of the needs of the students. Another lever is making sure that schools are safe and healthy. So you're thinking comprehensively about what it the ecosystem of supports, what it takes to ensure student success. Another one is being thoughtful about resource allocation and that you know, the neediest students have access to what they need, and then using your data. So it is, in a lot of ways, as Coy said, a formula. Like, these are areas that if you really pay attention to these levers, you can go ahead and create the, the system that you want. And And I want to say that This comes from some research done by our partners at the Learning Policy Institute. So, like, this is research-based information that we feel like is really kind of undergirding what we need to see in terms of the transformation we want.
1: So that's definitely uh, one of the key things that... IDRA EX South strives to do any time that we go out to support our schools throughout the the region is we want to make sure that we take a research based approach to the challenges that are faced by the principals by the teachers by the students you know as we think about the principal who sets the tone of the campus Mr. Garth how do you build capacity among principals uh, thinking about those especially those new principals those new leaders that are coming on board to address these issues of inequity and social injustice you know which a lot of times can be uh, kind of a, a very difficult topic to undertake but how do they transform and make sure that there's equity in action in their campus
0: great question so one of the first things I always try to do with the leadership team and the principal is to get them to think a little different about what success looks like on a lot of different levels I think one of the main mistakes we make is having a preconceived notion of what success is for everyone and that's not always the same thing. In order to know what an inequitable situation is, you must first determine what success looks like for the individual. And so when I wanted to think about how can we make a school environment that can put success on multiple levels for multiple children and they all be successful within their own rights, Now that's a very complex issue, but it also gets you to thinking about how to get things out of a particular box and to not have them confined by certain parameters. Because we want some students to make success within the parameters, but then there are other students who can be so out of the box and still be yet successful in their own right. So the first step is just getting them to think and have conversation pieces about what yes. does success truly look like for the individual students.
1: Most definitely. So, as we think about the challenges that that we all face throughout the South, you know, as a nation, we've come a long way with addressing inequities since the civil rights movement. But many children and families of color and or those who live in poverty still suffer the consequences of social, economic, and political disparities that result in opportunity gaps in education. There's still much work to do to support academic success for all children. At this time, you know, we are running out of time, so I'm sorry to say that we're going to have to uh, go ahead and transition to a close. But should you need any assistance out there in the audience to address issues of equity in your schools, don't hesitate to contact us at IDRA EX South. There are several resources that you can access through our website at IDRA.org. And I definitely want to thank our two guests today. Thank you so very much for taking the time to join us in having this very important but also very brief conversation about a very complex issue. Thank you so much, Mr. Garth, and thank you Anita. So much.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.